0: Welcome to the Positively Roswell podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring conversations from your neighbors that help make Roswell one of the best communities in the world to live, work, and play. I'm your host, Ty Anderson, a Grammy award-winning musician, brand strategist, and longtime Roswell resident. To learn more about Positively Roswell, check out PositivelyRoswell.org or connect with us on Facebook at ProRoswell. Positively Roswell is elevating engagement in our city by accentuating the positive stories of our world-class community. This week, we sit down with Pat Raines from Gate City Brewing Company. Along with his partner, Brian Borngesser, Pat founded Gate City in 2013. Gate City strives to brew beers that embody the very same independent spirit that led Pat and Brian to chase their dreams, opening Roswell's first craft brewery. Pat is Gate City's head brewer, primarily responsible for the production, product development, and operations. When not working, you'll find Pat spending time with his family in Roswell or volunteering for one of the numerous charities he supports. This is Positively Roswell. All right, well, we are here at the 1014, I'm, to- I'm told it's called, right on Canton Street. And uh, we're speaking today with Pat Rains of Gate City Brewing Company. Now, if you haven't noticed Gate City Brewing Company, you haven't been paying attention. Because it has just exploded onto the scene right here in Roswell, one of these businesses that's, uh, that's now just like the beating heart of, uh, of Canton Street and, and historic Roswell. Um, every time you drive by, you see just the, the parking lot is full. You got this beautiful event space down below and it's packed and people are spilling out of it and all kinds of awesome things happening over at Gate City. So Pat, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Ty. It's great to be here with you.
0: I want to tell kind of your story a little bit, because I can't imagine like you were six years old and said, someday I am going to brew my own beer. So <laughs> No, it didn't exactly happen I, so, like that. So like beer itself, mm-hmm. I imagine this is an acquired taste sure. at some point. But I'd love to know just, just your journey, because um, this isn't, you know, it's something obviously, the we see breweries are popping up all over the place. And, uh, you know, and, and even more to come here in Roswell, but you guys have, you've come in in a big way in a bold way. So I want to get a little bit to some of the risks that must be involved with that. Cause I imagine there, it was never just a certainty that this was going to work, Absolutely. but you guys came in into what took over an old garage space and created yeah. this incredible brewery.
1: It's pretty cool to see, uh, how, where it's come from, where it started, Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about myself and my story. Uh, I wasn't always working in the brewing industry. I didn't, uh, you know, grow up thinking I was going to own a brewery. Um, I did grow up in Portland, Oregon, uh, which is kind of the microbrew capital of the world. And growing up there, uh, I guess you could say I took it for granted what I had right in my backyard, but I grew up around a lot of breweries. Um, And you know, after I went to college uh started working in the corporate world, worked in corporate for about eleven years um <clears throat> after about a year uh out of college um, moved down to georgia. My um, company asked me to move out and uh help start our east Coast office out here so um being a kind of a risk taker someone who likes to kind of go on the fly and and uh just uh do things on a whim. Uh, headed out to Georgia where I really didn't know anybody, uh, but uh, had a pretty good opportunity to work out here. So that's how I came to Roswell. Um, At the time when I moved, um, I moved down here and I was shocked at how many, how little choices, beer choices there were down here. Coming from Portland, uh, you know, three million people in the metro area and you've got 150, 200 breweries. Uh, At the time when I moved down to Georgia, there was really three main microbreweries. So that was kind of an eye opener to me and got me, that's really what got me started uh, home brewing. Um, And that's where it all kind of started was in my garage home brewing. Um,
0: and that's something that um, that I've heard a lot. I mean, a lot of people that, that get started and grow into really big ventures, big employers and big businesses, it starts just for, for a passion for beer and a passion for home brewing.
1: Yeah, and that's what it was. It was a passion um, thinking about the kinds of beers that I liked and why maybe I couldn't get a certain style of beer that I liked or a style that I'd had elsewhere. Um, I was fortunate enough in my corporate uh, career to travel a lot, so um, traveled around the world, uh, to different countries, drinking different beers, spent a lot of time in central Europe where I had some, some great beers and some of those styles, you know, it was really hard to find here. Some of the styles from back home in Portland, when I moved over, was really hard to find. Um, and so I started thinking, I mean, um, I like this style and it's not available here. And and then you start to kind of figure out, well, how can I make that style? What goes into that? Um, and being that, um, you know, I, I had a corporate job, but uh didn't know a ton of people. It became really my hobby. So I'd, I'd go to work, I'd get off and I'd go in the garage and I'd tinker and I'd build a system or I'd figure out, you know, get hooked on one little part of the process and then, you know, try and master that and then move to the next one. And so then it just became after, you know, three, four, five years, I would built a couple systems, I would developed some recipes that kind of started winning some awards. Um, And that's when it kind of, you know hit hit me that it could be could be legitimate it could be something that you know could work out
0: it Um, sounds very similar so i don't you know we're we're really just getting to know each other but i have a background in music and it sounds very similar where there's a lot of people that, uh, that, you know, they have a passion for music and they're taking all of their free time and they're, they're spending it in music and they're, they're in the garage. Maybe they're jamming with some friends, but there's a big leap, a big leap of faith to go, okay, I'm going to quit my day job and I'm going to really pursue my passion full time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was – and it took years and years. I mean, when we talk about this and we look back now, it's, it's, it's really surreal to me still. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I spent uh, about four years still working in corporate America while working on the very foundation of Gate City with, with Brian Borges, my partner. Um, we both had day jobs, and, and, and it took years of development um, before I was able to leave. And, really, it's only been um, – a year and a half uh, since That's I hard left. to believe isn't it It's wild um, so a year and a half ago, uh, really, when we signed the lease over on canton street that was uh, that was the jumping in point. It was okay, here we go uh, we've built this thing to a place where it needs a full time person um, it needs that commitment um, and i was I was the first one to go, uh, and that was exciting time it was you know and, It was kind of emotional. Uh, You know, I'd worked in corporate, I had a great job. I'd I'd spent a lot of time, put the time in to kind of work my way up. Um, And, but this was my dream. but there's still always a little bit of uncertainty.
0: Sure, I mean, it seems like you had you had done your homework. You said, okay, this is a uh, underserved area, uh, pun intended. Uh, but you go there's You just look at the demographics, and you certainly look at Roswell, and you go, hey, maybe there's. Uh, it certainly seems like there there's space for this to exist. Yet, um, I imagine at some point you had to put everything that you've ever earned or owned or everything on the line and say, I believe in my vision enough that I'm going to risk everything to pursue it.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the scary part. You know, you, you, no matter how certain or confident you are that you've got, you know, the right pieces in place and, and you've got, you're willing to work and put in the time and do everything. There's still that little bit of uncertainty. You don't know until you know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was it was months of hard work building everything out with a vision um and i think that's one of the things that we we really did a great job of we had a vision from the start um and it took us it took us a little longer than expected to really get in and um you know i i'll never forget when we were getting started and we were looking for our place and um you know people knew we were coming to roswell but we hadn't quite you know picked our spot out and and i remember just so many people ask me, when is it going to happen and what's taking so long? And, you know, and I, would, I just kept telling people, I'm like, trust me, I'm, we're working as hard as we can. Like, if going. you want to give me a
0: couple million dollars, it can go a lot <laughs> quicker. It
1: can be done tomorrow. Um, yeah, but, but um, you know, sticking to the vision. And, and yeah, there were times when um, it was uncertain. I mean, you know, we we had the the feeling that, that we were on to something and it was working. Um, but really until, you know, we were six, eight months into our place, building it out, um, countless amounts of hours and dollars going into to revamping that place. Um, and it really wasn't until we opened the doors and, and people showed up and more people showed up and just kept coming. And um, that was one of the first times where we just kind of looked at each other and thought, hey, you know, this is... It's paying off. It's it's
0: working. I think I came out to an event, um, maybe with Roswell next, that uh, with was within just a few months of of you guys opening, um, when sort of as a kickoff event, giving a tour, um, and it you know I was just blown away by like obviously the investment in equipment. I mean was just. Uh, when i see things that are really big and lots of stainless steel am i right to assume that they cost big dollars
1: yes yes um big shiny things are generally expensive uh, <laughs> they look really cars, good cars but... planes <laughs> yeah. brewing equipment you name it uh yeah there's 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 a large uh there's a large investment in equipment there's been a large investment in um rehabbing the building um You know, that was one of the things when we moved into that uh, into that shop um, that had been an auto shop for 52 years. It was dilapidated. It was in rough shape. It was it was kind of one of the last blighted real blighted areas on Canton Street. Um, And I remember I used to drive by it every day on my way to. In my corporate job and just it was always like oh that would be the greatest place uh and then you walk inside and you're like oh maybe this was a bad idea and I remember <laughs> countless times after we you know signed the lease and I was in there working and someone would hey I want to come by and see it and you know just you'd see the look on their face when they walked in the door like what did he get into <laughs> like, when you
0: got the space was it pretty well cleaned up or did you guys have to go in and like just get rid of 55 gallon drums of, uh, you know, used oil. It was, uh, it was not in good
1: shape. We, we pretty much took it as is. I mean, there was not, uh, there were no cars left in there, but we found plenty of car parts. Uh, we pretty Enough much to build a car pretty <laughs> so. much uh, demo the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, there were countless hours of floor scrubbing uh, you know, that place had been an auto shop for 52 years and um, when I say that they swept a couple times over those 52 <laughs> years, that's probably nice. Uh, so, I mean, look, it was literally months of scrubbing, cleaning. Um, you know, I, I mean, I was on a lift. I, I scrubbed every square inch of that place myself. So, you know, when you look back now and and when people come in and they're like, wow, this is great, you know, and have no idea what it was before, or, or one of my favorite questions is, well, what was this building before you got in here? I said, well, because you asked that question, I know I did a great job. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it took literally six, seven months to just clean up. Everything in there uh, that we put in was new. I mean, new roof, new walls, new water, new electrical. Um, I mean, we basically started from scratch, Um, which as a brewery, um, you know, one of the hard things in Roswell is there's not a ton of industrial space. Um, you don't necessarily have to have something fancy, um, but you need space, open space. Um, so, you know, when we went in there, we did see the mess, but we also saw the potential of it's bare bones. Um, you know, and if we can put in the the hard work, which we weren't afraid of, um, we saw that it had what we needed. Um, so with that in mind, we, we got at it and, um, you know that was just the top part, um, the top, the top level, um, and we uh, we had that open for about a year um, before we got um, the new tap room open, uh, and that was a similar situation. It wasn't quite as bad. It was um, it had been in auto shop for thirty
0: two years. Oh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's it. And they swept you know six times. Yeah, they probably <laughs> swept ten times over the thirty two <laughs> no. years. So uh,
1: it, you know it, it wasn't as bad, but um, it was it was another you know. I, the nice part about that is we had learned a lot of lessons uh some the hard way some the easy way upstairs um in in turning that thing around um and so we we had a little better idea going into it of what we were getting into realistic timelines trying to trying to kind of be honest with ourselves and and everyone else about you know we're working as hard as we can and we're trying to bring this to you as fast as we can but Takes time and money, and uh, as a small business uh, getting started with a heavy capital outlay, um, you know it's not always it's not always pretty.
0: Do you have you made enough money now that you that you feel like that you've maybe passed like forty cents an hour when you put in <laughs> all the sweat equity of sweeping? You're starting you're starting to inch up there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, we are to the point now, and it, it, it's it's constantly changing. You know, there's there's constantly new things going on but for me right now we are really at a point where it's it's really surreal for me right now um things have happened so fast and you get so caught up in um doing what you're doing in the middle of just making sure everything's working and 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 happening the way it should that sometimes it's hard to step back and kind of see how everything's going on from a 10,000 foot level um one of the nice things about getting the tap room open and getting to where we've been is i've I've been able to kind of step back and watch it happen, which is um it's pretty neat um it's It's one of those things where you know you start to see the hard work pay off you start to see the reward um and you know there's a lot of stuff left to do but yeah, I mean I do feel like we've made it to a point now where We know it's going to work, you know, Mm -hmm. and now it's just continuing to um, build it in the right way, continuing to do the things that have got us to where we are, continuing the strategic thinking um, and continuing to stay on top. And instead of making sure it works, it's make sure it works the best. And how do we continue to grow it in, in the way that we want to and continue to have it be our brand? Um, that we always envisioned, even though it's now bigger than maybe we thought it would be much faster.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so some rapid-fire basic questions that, so forgive me if they're stupid and obvious, but just tell me about the name. So Gate City, what, is, what does that represent?
1: You got it. So um, the story kind of goes like this. 1864, um, which is the name of one of our flagship IPAs, uh, that was the year that General Sherman started his march um, down 120 into Atlanta burned everything in his path that eventually led to the re-election of Lincoln and the end of the civil war. After the war, the city was rebuilt um, through hard work and determination. Um, After it was rebuilt, it was pitched to investors as the gate city to the new South. So it was all about new beginnings for the city of Atlanta. uh, And that's kind of where we tie in a gate city is Brian and I's new beginnings. We were both in corporate America had pretty good jobs, could have just kind of stayed on the path we were on. Um, But you know, we had the dream of opening a brewery um, and decided to kind of follow that dream. And so, you know, this is, uh, Gate City is kind of our new beginnings. And uh, we also see kind of a new beginning in craft brewing uh, in Atlanta. Um, so it all kind of ties into that, that story. And the, the logo is the Phoenix Rising, um, which ties into Atlanta as well.
0: So what comes first, the beard or the brewery? <laughs> uh the brewery came
1: first uh i've always been uh able to grow a pretty pretty good beard uh, because it's
0: sort of a requirement of the trade it, it right? really is i
1: mean it's it's kind of an insider joke uh they're like do i have to have a brewery to work here and the answer is kind of yeah uh yeah. <laughs> no, no we would hire somebody without but they so would my, take a lot of crap. My, my like couple days growth
0: <laughs> like i i could sweep up the floors yeah but.
1: yeah you you could you could uh fill some kegs or wash some okay. kegs and and then you know after after a month or so i think i can see you could you could grow something there so i i, I think you could over time uh fit in but yeah, part of that to me is I get asked that a lot. What's with the beards? Why does everybody that brews have a beard? Um, for me, it was kind of a freedom, kind of a freedom thing. You know, I'd worked in corporate for a long time, and I believe it or not, I was clean cut. I was put together. I wore, you know, uh, slacks and you know a tie to work, and um, and then you know when I did my own thing, it was just kind of uh, one of those things of like you know. I'm my own boss. I can kind of I can kind of do what I want. It's kind of my own freedom. Um
0: I imagine there's a part of it of you know when you're taking on a venture like this, when you're putting in those 20-hour days over and over again, you just end up with a beard. It's not that it's intentional, <laughs> but who's got time to shave when you got, you know, 52 years of, you know, car mechanic crud to clean up off the floor.
1: Yeah, there's probably a little something to that. Uh I would definitely say that's part of it. Um it it uh it wears on you a little bit, but it's uh it's a freedom thing it's one of those things um you know it it's it's kind of a rite of passage i guess uh and so you know there's times that uh the beard gets a little long and the wife the wife doesn't necessarily like it, and we got to trim it up a little bit and keep it so we go through different stages of uh you know short long and and uh but yeah it's it's hard now um it's hard now to think about not having a beard it's funny because my kids are uh, one in three or almost four, uh, and to think that my you know my one year old's never never known dad without a beard, and and really my three year old probably hasn't. I mean, uh, cause he he wouldn't remember. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh. It is kind of a rite of passage.
0: So um, the new tap room downstairs is just absolutely beautiful. I think, positively, Roswell, I think we were your second event there. We might have been your first. You You're the first. Okay, so our first event, which was so fun to kick that off, absolutely beautiful space if you haven't seen it but you guys right from the beginning um, just you know as soon as you open probably before you opened really um, events have been a part of what you've done and you've really created it's not just that it's your shop where you make beer but obviously intentionally you're creating a, a destination here in Roswell so maybe share a little bit about the vision that went behind that.
1: Absolutely. So um, one of the one of the things, and like you said, it, w- it was a vision from the start, was to really um, focus on a place that is local and in the heart of everything uh, that people want to go. Um, and and a lot of that comes from just traveling around in other places that I've been and seeing how a local brewery tied into the local community can thrive. And and not only that, but can really become. Um, integrated into what's happening in the community and really able to give back. Um, so when we started all along, we had the vision of the two the two stories um, and kind of um, the way it turned out. It took us a lot longer than we initially anticipated to get it all done. Um, but the idea was that um, you know upstairs would be production, um, and initially we were going to take both spaces at the same time and start building out. Some of it was out of our control, and that the the previous tenant downstairs stayed a little longer than we would have liked, and um, so it kind of pushed everything back. So we ended up opening our doors with the tap room in the brewery. Some people loved it. Some people didn't like it. Um, it gave a unique experience, but it wasn't really the feel that we were going for it worked um and that led us to be more confident that our vision for the downstairs was right was spot on um, so seeing that um you know we when we started building out we had a vision of what we were looking for you know the bones of the building fit um the feel we were going for you had the you know the roll-up garage doors yeah at the time there were old steel doors that looked terrible but you know purchase a couple glass glass front doors you can start to see okay this is cool open air feel um you've got a lot of history in that building um that building uh going back before it was the auto shop um was actually uh one of the first Ford dealerships um in uh, the state of Georgia um and I think I I'm I'm terrible on the years but I think it was from the late 30s up until the 50s uh, it was a Ford dealership. Posties was kind of their sales office. The parking lot was where they sold the cars and they worked on. So when you walk into the building, um, it had a lot of character. Um, it had really good bones. Um, and what we, our vision was to keep the character as kind of a, you know, a nod to the local history and, and, and maintain it and not come in and try and totally change what was already here. Um, but to kind of, play on that. We left some of the blue, the old Ford blue that we uncovered when we were um, pressure washing the walls. We left the car bays and instead of doing like a a colored floor coating, we did a clear so you can go in and still see where they used to work on the cars. Um, You know, and and so we tried to work with what we had and leave a story there um, so that there was a story to tell and, and really a nod to the history. A lot of a lot of what we try and do is tie into the local, tie into the local history, um and 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 really tie into Roswell. Um mm-hmm. and, and the community. I mean,
0: I've definitely felt that. I mean even Obviously, in a in a marquee way, is now is the the uh, title sponsors for Alive in Roswell, which is certainly a signature event for Roswell. But just um, events happening uh, right from the start, opening up different nonprofits doing events there. All these kind of things. You guys really uh, dove right in. Unfortunately, I'm involved with a lot of uh, like youth sports. Uh, and so I haven't come knocking to like ask for a beer sponsor because I don't think it would be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so we'll we'll keep a little bit of line there. But you guys, you've certainly just you you dove right in. Um, there's been some limitations on the brewing business that that are actually we're we're now in the fourth quarter of them. Right. And um, we're still like I can't go and uh, and go into Gate City as if it's a bar and just order a drink. But um, but that's on its on its way out. So right. maybe kind of explain that to people.
1: Yeah. So um, really really exciting times right now for craft beer, and I I, I don't know how many people understand how big what's happening is is um but yeah what we're what we're moving towards is is kind of where the rest of the country is at unfortunately Georgia has been uh one of the last two states in the country to kind of allow breweries to actually sell their product to the end user so up until now what we've had is is um it's part of the three-tier system, but the, the in-house part of it is the tour system. Um, and this happened a couple years ago when there was some back and forth um, with the breweries and trying to kind of improve our situation. But basically, the law right now says that we cannot sell any of our product to the end user. Every drop of beer that is sold from us is sold to our distributor and then distributed out to the end user. So the a couple years back, there was some... Uh, uh, working on the the language to help um, find the go arounds to this. So what what we ended up with was a tour model. And what that says is you can come to my place. You can purchase a tour. Uh, we give you all the beer for free. So we're working around that we're not selling you beer, um, but we provide you samples of our product. And and you're actually purchasing the tour. Um, it works for what it is, but it but it. <laughs> We spend a lot of time explaining yeah, there's why. there's definitely
0: becomes a letter of the law, not a spirit of the law uh, kind of atmosphere. It's funny because I mean, there's a little irony, I don't know if you've thought about it, that you're in what was a car dealership. Because in a way, the, the car dealership industry is kind of mirrored the uh, with the brewing industry where the state has these you know just for a while it's like these monopoly relationships with distributors so they're the only ones that can sell it just like with a car you don't get to buy a car a car from Ford you have to go through a dealer and those the ability to sell you that car is passed on from generation to generation you can't just decide that right. uh, just like you know you have to be Al Capone to decide you want to be a new uh, spirits distributor <laughs> right so yeah. there, there there's, there's maybe some metaphors. There some, some, good some yeah. irony that once we get to, what is it, September that that's going to be lifted? Yeah, so
1: September 1st, um, as long as everything stays on track, which is, uh, as far as I know that, that we're on track for September 1st, uh, basically what will happen now is we'll be able to sell, um, sell the end user unlimited amount of, of product at our place. So currently um, the sampling is limited at 36 ounces per person per day. That limit will go away starting September 1st. You'll be able to come into Gate City Brewing Company, purchase a pint, purchase a flight. Uh, and it'll feel more just like, you know, a bar. I mean, you'll still be at a brewery, but you'll have the opportunity. If you just want to stop by for a pint um, or just stop in and, and have a flight or bring a group of friends and, and hang out and have a couple beers, um, you can now do that. And it's, it's more up to you, the the consumer, um, how much you want to purchase, because that's one of the things, you know, we get, we get a lot, well, I don't want to have six tastes. (laughs) And unfortunately, you know, that's, that's the system we're given. Um, But yeah, it it will be exciting. And then the other part of it is um, there, I still believe there's room for improvement here, but um, we'll be able to sell up to a case of product to go. So be it a, um, you know, crawlers, which we do, or six packs, which we do, you'll be able to come in and pick up Four six packs um, and take home with you. So that's another another neat way that we're just able to finally sell our product um, to the end user and and kind of have some of that direct direct relationship um, with the customer. And what that does, it, it's twofold. One, um, we can allow the 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 consumer to kind of choose what they want. Um, and two, it allows us to be a little more profitable on what we're doing in-house, uh, and really reinvest in ourselves um, and continue to grow. As a small business, it's it's hard when, um, you know, you're not able to sell your product or someone determines how you have to sell your product. Um, it's kind of a unique spot, um, and unfortunately, it, it inhibits growth a little bit, um, and so, the nice part is what I think you'll start to see. And and I think you're already starting to see it, um, but it will be continued. You'll start to see more breweries. Um, You'll start to see more small breweries. Um, You'll start to see more people being able to enter the arena um, and survive without having to get big really fast um, and do, and and just be able to give different feels and flavors um, to kind of the whole industry. And I think that's, I think that's really great for the whole brewing industry and the whole craft beer industry in Georgia.
0: What I've noticed, and tell me if I'm being completely naive, but I've noticed just from the outside looking in that it doesn't seem to be like a cutthroat competitive environment in that – like different people that are also share the same passion for craft beer that start out as home brewers and they they get to the place where they're also coming online and able to do it it's not like uh gate city's not going to be burning variant brewery to the ground right no
1: no and no it's uh it really is uh a, it really is a unique industry in that um and and especially coming from corporate um where it's not like that at all to come into this industry has been so awesome. I mean, everybody, everybody is great. I mean, I could call pretty much any brewery in the state and ask them a question, ask for help, tell them I'm coming by. It's the most welcoming, helpful industry um, that I've ever seen. And it's, and it's really, it's really fun to be a part of. At first, it was almost like, is this real? Like, is everybody really this cool and nice? And you know, it really is. It's really neat. Um, you know, I, I I know the curlings, I know Matt, and uh I'm really happy for them. I'm I'm really pumped by everything is coming together really awesome over there. Uh and and it's you know, we we try and we're we're all kinda in it together. Um the craft brewing industry, um, we really believe that there's plenty of room for everybody. Um we all you know, a rising tide lifts all ships and and we really we 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 really believe in educating people about craft beer. Um, and, and that there's plenty of different styles and types and, and ways to make beer and everybody does it different. And, um, you know, I've always really believed in, in a broad spectrum of beer. Um, I believe there's a beer for everyone. I get a lot of people are like, ah, I hate beer. And, but, but I think if, if, um, you know, you can put be it Gate City's offerings or mix in a bunch of different breweries, if you can put a lineup of beer, there's so many different flavors, there's so many different styles, there's so many many different options out there. And um, the more options that are out there for people, the more we can help to educate and and help people figure out, you know, maybe you don't like all beer, that's fine. You know, there's plenty of styles that I don't like um, that just aren't what I enjoy. Um, But there's plenty of other people that absolutely love those styles. Um, And so so there's plenty of room and it's about educating and offering um, and helping helping people understand that craft beer doesn't mean big, dark, heavy, uh, high alcohol Um, or doesn't mean, um, you know, blue moon with an orange. I mean, everybody has a different idea of what craft is, Um, but it's about educating and helping people find their own. Find their own spot in the spectrum.
0: So, as as part of your growth, obviously, and even as we're doing this interview, you you have a uh, a collection of cans here of of some of your offerings. So, even as you grow in in your brewery, and now people will be able to buy there, distribution has been a part of your success. Certainly, certainly,
1: uh, yeah. And um, we're we're super pumped about the cans. That's one of our new developments. When I was telling you earlier about how. Uh, you know, it seems like you you finish one thing and you're right on to the next. That's one of the the newest things that, that we're into. We opened our tap room, and within two months, we were starting our first canning runs. Um, but, yeah, distribution um, in the state of Georgia pretty much up until now has to be a part of any brewery's offering. Um, because you can't sell at your own place, there's one place where you can sell, um, and that's out the door. You know, it took a little bit to get used to it. It took a little bit to get our footing, to understand how things worked and and make the right strategic decisions. Um, and, you know, it, it we're finally starting to feel like we're understanding how everything works and starting to spread out. I mean, we stayed small for a long time in the distribution realm. Um, you know, we were only in draft. Um, getting into cans has opened up all kinds of new avenues um, for us uh, in growth. Um, and so what we've done is we've, we, we now have two of our offerings, Copperhead and OTP. Copperhead is our American Amber and OTP is our double IPA. Um, those two main beers are now out in six packs, um, out in distribution. And that has been amazing. Um, it, we didn't, you know, it was another one of those things where you never know how it's going to go until you really get into it. There was a lot that went into it that, design um you know how does everything look how does the label look is it brand centric is it um and so putting all that together there was a lot that went into it um and then you finally get ready to release it and you and you send it out and you just kind of wait and see what happens um and it's been way more successful than we could have imagined um we started um putting otp in cans and uh you know we sent down what the distributor asked for and it we thought you know oh yeah that's three four weeks we're good we'll get another batch going and it was gone in four days and we're like "Uh oh here we go so um we're still catching up we're kind of trying to figure out okay here we go reinvestment you know brought in six new tanks just to kind of keep up and make sure we're doing what we're doing and then we're looking back and saying well maybe we should have got seven but you know some of that is is just feeling it out and 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 learning you know and you never know until you until you put it out there and then you just got to kind of adjust to it so um, it's been exciting it's been really exciting um, for us to get into packaging another surreal moment you know um, there's a lot of these where you walk into the grocery store and there's your beer on the shelf that was purchased my first six pack at Kroger uh, that was a big moment for me
0: um, the, the music metaphors line up because I remember yeah. the first time we were heard on the radio, you know, you'd freak out and it, it never got old. You know, it's, yeah. it's always a cool thing when you go, here's a thing that, you know, started in my garage and now, you know, other people can, can buy on the shelf and, and enjoy it, it is pretty amazing. I want to I want to dive in a little bit uh, just because you, you used the word brand. I'm a marketer, so it's it's my love language. But um, you guys have clearly been very intentional with your brand. So I'd love to just just hear you kind of express uh, lift the curtain a little bit on some of those emotional adjectives that you guys have clearly thought about that you want people to feel when they interact with gate city that what what makes gate city unique what sort of the the promise what the feeling that we should have when when we see your logo when we drive by your space when we see in the stores when when we see your uh tap at taco mac yeah so um
1: branding is 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 critical um and and it's one of those things that uh, it can drive you nuts when you're trying to come up with the brand and who are you and people ask you what makes you different and you hear it 17 different times and you're ah okay but but those those things all are important to kind of understand yourself and figure out what what do you want your brand to be. Um, we started with local, um, local and community driven. Um, Brian and I both um, actually this. The story goes that uh, Brian and I met in, in the Roswell Rotary Club um, about geez, nine years ago now, ten years ago. You guys uh,
0: must have really been younging up the place yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: i was I was definitely the the youngest member for uh, quite a few years maybe that 's uh, what prompted the beard growth, so they, they you uh, felt felt like I fit in more because you uh, threw their
0: whole demographics down like twenty years so yeah that's...
1: yeah i uh I joined i think I was twenty four years old or so, and I was probably the youngest by a good a good five ten years. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I got involved in that, um, and it was something that, uh, my grandfather had, had been involved in with Rotary, uh, and one of those things where he was, he, uh, over, over lunch, uh, you know, he said, ah, oh, you know, you, you really should go check out the Rotary uh, Yeah, Grandpa, yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, I I don't know why, but I listened to my my grandfather and said, "Okay, I'll check it out." And I'm just gonna call and be able to tell him, "Hey, I went and checked it out. It wasn't for me." Uh, and so I so I reached out, and lo and behold, Steve Shroud uh, called me up and was like, "Hey, we saw you're interested. Why don't you come? Why don't you come uh, check out the Rotary Club?" And uh, I'll never forget the first meeting I ever went to was um, right after the Rotary Club had done their first honor air flight, um, and for those of you that don't know, that's uh, where they take World War II veterans uh, who have come back and never seen the the memorial that was built for them. Uh, they're dying off at a at a very high rate, um, and so the 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 whole concept is to take these people and show them the memorial that was built for them um, to kind of say thank you um, to them and show them you know that they were appreciated. That was the first meeting I ever went to, and it was one of those things. Just sitting in that meeting, it touched the heartstring and it it was one of those things where um i just kind of instantly knew this is this is a great group of people doing surreal things um and i was pretty much instantly hooked um so i i continued to do that and um joined the club shortly thereafter Met Brian, um, and we were both, you know, at the time getting started in homebrewing and doing our corporate thing, and but very community involved, very involved in, in what was going on. Um, a couple of years in, I, I uh, chaired the golf tournament, um, and, you know, that's a huge undertaking, a 288-person golf tournament, um, and raised $174,000 my year um, for the local community, and I was just... I was fortunate to um, get to see how many great things happen in this community. Um, Not being from here, um, it really showed me what a great place Roswell is and how much goes on behind the scenes that, you know, if you're just in here and going down to have dinner on Kent Street, you might not know all of the incredibly awesome things that happen here. Um, There's so many great people doing great things. selfless things. Uh and that to me was just um it showed me what a great community this was. Um and that was even, you know, before Canton Street was Canton Street. I mean it was Canton Street, but it was, you know, there wasn't any of the restaurants. There was, you know, maybe Ceviche and um, you know, Salt Maybe was just getting started. Um but but they were so much more than cant street it's it's not always about cant Street it's about all of the great things that are going on behind the scenes
0: I mean, and- that's part of what I'm trying to highlight uh, and with this podcast is for people to get uh, to know you to get to hear your story and then all of a sudden it's not just uh, a shop that they're driving past and oh what, what's in what used to be the garage what's this uh, who are these people making beer all of a sudden they hear like wow these are our neighbors these are entrepreneurs that are plugged in that are you know it sounds like rotary just kind of hardwired into your dna even before you got started that it was going to be community driven that you were going to be people that were involved in that and that gave back to their community and my hope is that uh, people mirror my experience is that um, you know, I, I came to to take a tour and, uh, and and seeing you guys and going, wow, our neighbors are like taking risk and doing it. I kind of want to support them. So now I don't think I've been to a restaurant in the state of Georgia since I've been a, I've been a secret ambassador for you where I always ask, hey, do you have Gate City? And when they do, I go, thank you. That's what I'll have. And when they don't, I say, why don't you? You should. It's great. It's made right here in Roswell. And um, so I feel like, uh, you know, I have the T-shirts. And I, have, yeah, and-, and I feel like I'm part of the tribe. I feel like this is uh, it's something where um, it, it's an opportunity for people to, you know, it's funny because it, it's kind of like church in a way where you go to church and, and, hey, here's your people and you're connected. Well, it's the same kind of feeling when you, when you connect with your community around your, your uh, local neighborhood brewery
1: that's been one of the absolute coolest things for me Uh, and i I speak for brian but i would say us is that how uh proud the city has been and how involved uh everybody's been uh it, it it started out as kind of our dream but it almost feels like now this is like roswell's brewery and 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 the community has kind of gathered around and you see people you know sporting the gate city gear wearing the gate city hat and it started out it was like oh yeah that's my buddy you know and then now it's like you'll see somebody walking down the street i have no idea who that is but he's wearing a shirt and and people are proud um and it it's neat to see because you know a a lot of times when you're successful people kind of tend to forget all of the stuff that went into leading up to that success, um, and so to see people rally around us in the early stages when we were working our butts off—you know, we were in there seven days a week, you know, ten hours a day—and people would stop by, like, "What are you doing here?" I was like, "Oh, we're just trying to get it done." You know, we really want to get this thing going, and and to see everybody kind of rally around that and take pride uh, in what we we're doing is really really neat it's really great um and it really it it really makes me feel proud uh to kind of give something back as as much as that sounds kind of crazy and that I'm doing what I love um I also kind of feel like at times we're we're giving Roswell that craft brewery we're making you know people proud of what's happening here um in a different way you know the the restaurants do that the food. You know, Roswell's got a great reputation as a foody, foodie place. Um and you know we we kind of saw that opportunity to bring something a little different um into the city. And so to to see it work and to see people get excited and rally behind it has been has been really awesome.
0: Uh to land the plane here, obviously you're a person of vision. You were able to see a a garage and you could picture what it could look like uh, to have a brewery there and then see another garage underneath. And And obviously we're able to picture what a event space could look like and what a tap room could look like. So clearly you're a person of vision. Maybe I want to hear you share just a little bit of what your vision is for the future. What it, What is the, uh, the Gate City Brewing Empire look like in five <laughs> years?
1: Well, you know... Uh, a couple months ago, it would have been a lot easier for me to answer that question. Uh, and, and, and I'll do my best to kind of tell you where I think we're headed. You know, I think in five years, um, we're probably going to start to maximize that space. We're going to start to run out of space. And at that point, we have to decide, you know, what are, what are our options? Um, can, we, can we do more things there? Can, do, we, do we need to go do another facility? You know, you're starting to see some of these other, the Monday night brewing uh, opening a second facility. Um, wild Heaven opening a second facility, um, but with that said, Creature Comforts opening a second facility, um, but that's a big, that's a big, uh, a big jump. That's
0: a big commitment, you know. Yeah. Um, what I hope, I guess, just just as a fan and, and as we're on the Positively Roswell podcast, is um, is just what's on the can. Is when I see Gate City, I see the Phoenix rising up out of the hops. Uh, it says Roswell, Georgia, and what I just—it's—it's it's so awesome about your brand is it's hard to think of of a whole lot of others where that you associate with Roswell, and even as you grow uh, regionally, nationally, internationally, um, I love the idea of you guys being ambassadors for our city because you guys are clearly guys that uh, that get what community is about and are invested here, and. Uh, so uh, I hope that, that that's never lost. I hope that Roswell doesn't get scrubbed away just to Georgia or just to the United States. I hope that it always uh, keeps uh, you guys to me, uh, you know, in your name, you know, you guys help put Roswell on the map and help make Roswell, the, you know, the gate city um, in, that, that it deserves to be.
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think, um, you know, our our main thing when we started out was we wanted to be in Roswell and we wanted to be people to be proud of having us in roswell and i don't think that's that's ever going to go away um you know we had a lot of opportunities to go somewhere else and it could have been maybe a little cheaper maybe a, a little easier um because at the time roswell wasn't necessarily the most business friendly place um but we were committed to being in roswell um you know we both live here we live a mile from the brewery we're raising our families here we both believe um in the community in the people here and everything, um, that goes on here. And, uh, we don't have any intention of ever going anywhere. Uh, this, this I think will always be a Roswell brand. Um, and you know, we want to continue to make Roswell proud. Um, you know, as we grow, we want, we want to continue to educate people, uh, you know, maybe that aren't from, from here. Where is Roswell? And that's one of the cool things. I mean, we get a lot of tourism, comes through people from other states that will come to Roswell just because you know there's a brewery that they heard of uh and then they get to see how cool of a town Roswell is and that's one of the neat things of being in the heart of everything is it's not you know a lot of other breweries are kind of off the beaten path and you go there and and that's your destination um with us it's People come and see us, and then they go see Canton Street, and they go see the restaurants, or they go see the shops. And so it's, we really feel like we're tied in um, to this community, and I, I i really just can't ever envision uh, Gates City being anywhere but Rob.